0: All right. hey, so good to have you out today, and uh, like I said, my name is Rich, I'm the campus pastor here, and uh, whether you are, are brand new or you've been coming here for months or maybe years, we just, we just hope that this morning you're blessed, that you encounter Jesus, that you don't just show up and, and have a, a good ex- church experience, but we really pray that this morning you you meet with God, God Almighty, because He's here, He's moving like we just sung about working in this place. And uh, whether you're here in person or whether you're watching online, we just know that God's got some good things in store for you today. Amen. Do we believe that? Yes, amen. Hey, just want to let you know about a couple things uh, really quick before we dive into the message this morning. One, if you are new and you're maybe you've been coming for a little while and you're interested in getting connected to to this church, maybe you want to know more about how to be involved, how to serve, Uh, maybe you want to get in community, a small group or something. Um, The easiest way to start that whole process and and start the conversation is to grab a Connect card. We got a whole stack of them at the back there, some at the back door, and fill that out and just let us know who you are. And uh, let us know what you're interested in. If you're online, you can go to connect.ctk.church and all the information is there. And uh, we would love to connect with you. Other thing to let you know about is that every January in our church, um, we don't just want to kick go into the year and just... uh, kind of have it all be about our stuff and our programs. We really want to believe, uh, are going to the year believing that God has something special in store for not only us, but our city, our county. And so the the start of every year on um, the last few years, we've, we've had 21 days of prayer and fasting, and uh, I want to invite you to be a part of that. Uh, you can do that on your own time, just maybe slide out some time over the next three weeks to go, okay, I'm going to really... Just hone in on prayer during 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 this time. Um, it could be that you participate in one of the corporate uh, prayer events that we have as a church. So for the next uh, the first three weeks of the year, we're just opening this room right here from 12 to 1, Monday to Friday. There's there's some worship music uh, playing. There's no like planned prayer or any of that kind of stuff. It's just you can come on in, kneel down, walk around and pray, get on your face, however you want to pray, but. But that's from twelve to one, and then the first three Wednesdays of the month, we're having a corporate prayer meeting that's a little bit more structured, and so that's taking place here in this building. We have two more left. Uh, it was going to be seven to eight, but we switched the time, so it's going to be from six thirty to seven thirty this coming Wednesday, and the Wednesday after that. And I would just love it um, if you could find some time to make that happen. Uh, prayer works. Prayer moves the hand of God. Um, like we talked about last week, there are two worlds out there that one of them you can see, the seen world, but there's a whole world that we can't see. And in that world, the unseen world is God and spiritual powers. And the battles that we fight in the seen world, they're actually not seen. They're they're unseen. The Bible talks about how we, we don't wrestle with flesh and blood, but we wrestle against spiritual forces. And we we fight that battle through prayer. And so I would invite you to be a part of that, that, that fight that we're, we're doing the next few weeks. And uh, if you can make it down here, that'd be awesome. But if you can't, I just encourage you to slot out some time over the next um, few weeks just to, to really devote yourself to prayer and, and fasting. And so um, that's the first three weeks, prayer and fasting. We'd love to have you be a part of it. Sound good? All right. Who's excited about a new high school in town? Anybody? Yeah. Big week for Ferndale this week. We're super, super stoked about that. Big answer to prayer. It's nice that the students don't have to be running through the halls trying to escape rats and mice and all that kind of stuff and worried about whether or not the ceiling is going to fall on their head. But yeah, super, super cool. February 22nd, uh, 1990, was one of the most remarkable sporting feats that has happened in all of history. It was such a big deal that Sports Illustrated. They called this particular game, the, the top sports moment of the 20th century. That's a pretty big, pretty big title to put to any kind of sporting event. They called this event, the top sporting event of the 20th century. It was a hockey game between the USA and Russia. A hockey game that would determine who would go on to play for gold at the, the 1980 Winter, Olympic, Winter Olympics in Lake Placid, New York. And the two teams were completely mismatched. Anybody seen the movie, Miracle on Ice? Yeah, some of you have seen that. Well, the Russian team was made up of professional hockey players. They had dubiously uh, claimed to be students and engineers and soldiers um, in order to maintain their Olympic amateur status. But the whole world knew these guys were professionals. The Russian team was a team so good that they had won five of the last six gold medals at the Olympics. They'd actually had a, a streak of winning four gold medals in a row, and they were hoping to make this number five in a row. Um, that same year, this team, in exhibition games against professional NHL hockey teams, they had won most of those games. They were led by a team that included four future Hall of Famers, one of who was Vladislav Treciak, who at the time was considered the best goalie on the planet. Meanwhile... The American team was significantly lacking experience. Their team was made up of college players. They only had four players on the whole team that had any kind of minor league experience. And that experience was minimal at, at, at best. The United States had the youngest team in the in the tournament and, and U.S. national team history. That's they were, they were young. And nobody believed that the USA team had a prayer. In fact, just two weeks before the Olympics, the Russians, in an exhibition game against the U.S., had beaten them. 10 to 3. Now, in hockey, that's a, that's, that's a massive blowout in the world of hockey. This gold medal qualifier was expected to be an absolute cakewalk for the Russians. And in the game, it went like this the Russians, they kind of jumped out to a 2 to 1 lead before the Americans tied it. In the second period, the, the Russians dominated the game. They out, outshot the US team 12 to 2, which again is a massive blowout in hockey. They scored a goal and went ahead 3 to 2. However, in the third period, the U.S. got two goals, and with 10 minutes left in the game, they found themselves up 4-3 to three against the Russians. It was the longest 10 minutes of those hockey players' lives. And if you watch that game, even watching the movie, you're like, this is going on forever. But they, they hung on, and the game would end with Al Michaels, the commentator of the game, saying words that have become some of the most iconic words in sports history. At the buzzer, as the U.S. wins the game, he shouts, Do you believe in miracles? Yes. And the win was of historic, and some would say miraculous, proportions. And today we begin a brand new series as a church, simply called Miracles. And you don't have to answer this question out loud, but I would ask you— The same question that L. Michaels asked, do you believe in miracles? You know, as Christians, the book that we base our faith on is obviously the Bible. And the Bible is full of, of, of miracles from the start of the book to the very end of the book. It's miracle after miracle after miracle. In the book of Hebrews, it says this. It says, it's crucial that we keep a firm grip on what we've heard so that we don't drift off. If the old message delivered by the angels, the old message being the Old Testament part of the Bible, was valid and nobody got away with anything, do you think we can risk neglecting this latest message, this magnificent salvation? First of all, it was delivered in person by the Master, then accurately passed on to us by those who heard it from him. All the while, God was validating it with gifts through the Holy Spirit and all sorts of signs and miracles as he saw fit. So this gospel message that we believe that Jesus came declaring that we hold fast to, it was constantly being validated by signs and miracles. We get that miracles happened past tense, but we're not so sure that they happen today. In fact, for many when it comes to miracles happening in our lives, we might we might say that we believe in miracles, probably if we had a poll in this room this morning, if, if, who do you believe in miracles? I'm, pro, I'm guessing that most of you would probably raise your hand. Um, we believe them in the Bible, yeah, sure. In Africa, China, yeah, maybe. But here in America, in Ferndale, in, in our personal lives, probably not going to happen. We doubt. And on top of the doubt, we, we also, th- we, we throw around the world miracle so much that it's actually lost a little bit of its power. So if you pull up to the mall and you say a little prayer as you pull up to the mall and there's a parking spot right at the front door, you're just thanking God that there's a miracle. Parking spot right at the front door. Well, actually it's not. Some lady left JCPenney just as you were pulling in. That's it. I hate to burst your bubble. Now, if you pull into the parking lot and as you're pulling in you say a prayer and all the cars just kind of miraculously part like this, then we'll start talking about miracles. But but we use the word miracle so much. It's a miracle for so many things. You know, if you make it through the snowstorm to, to Granny's for Christmas, it's a miracle. No, it's, it's good driving. The car wouldn't start as you're rushing out the door to work. And so you said a little prayer. You bang on the steering wheel and boof, it started. Miracle. No, it's probably you got a wiring problem that you just need to fix somewhere in, in your car. Your buddy actually gets that girl to say yes and go on a date. Yeah, maybe a miracle or... Maybe she's just desperate. I don't know. Um, (laughs) And as much as we like to think of a hockey game being a miracle, we call it this massive miracle. You know, maybe components of it were miraculous. I don't know. But likely it's hard work. Um, If you follow the game closely, the Russian coach made one of the worst coaching decisions in sports history. He pulled his world-class goalie out in the second period. Um... All, all the everything, just the lining just right, maybe a miracle, but but not likely. And then there are moments where miracles do happen. You know, I was watching. I'm just in preparing for this. I thought I'd, I'd seen this. This uh, you know, Netflix. They have they they, they kind of get to know your viewing habits, and they start to recommend different things for you. Well, um, um, it, it was recommending for a while this this documentary called "The Story of God: The Power of Miracles," and it was multiple stories about what people had deemed to be miracles. It was mysterious. You know, the music was mystic, mystical and for, for, foreboding, and to make it even more mystical, Morgan Freeman was narrating and hosting the whole thing with his velvety, you know, deep voice. It was just awe-inspiring. Well, one of the stories was about this guy named Cidus. I think I'm saying that right. And he was a window cleaner in Manhattan, and him and his brother would clean the outside of these massive skyscrapers, and uh, and they would How they would clean is they had this little, this this platform that was held up by these, these cables, and the platform would go up and down with the cables. Well, one day while they were up cleaning, 47 stories up, one of the cables snapped, and him and his brother fell 47 stories down to the ground. His brother instantly died, but Alcides somehow survived. And after three weeks in a coma with multiple broken bones, he woke up on Christmas Eve, of all days, and it, it was a miracle. You know, I, my, I myself have had um, miracles happen in my life. Some of you have been around for a while. You've heard the story of my son, Ethan, when he was three weeks old. Um, uh, Becky had had come to the room. I was sleeping in. It was a Saturday or something, and and he was three, just three weeks old. And Becky says, I think something's wrong with Ethan. And I, I come in, and... Um, at first, you know, my, my guy brain, I was like, no, nah, it's probably just a cold. Let me go back to bed. But as I looked closer, it was very clear that something was wrong. And this, this little tiny guy was, was just gasping for breath. It was like he could hardly breathe. And so um, w- we were able to get to the hospital right away because just the night before, Becky's parents had come. And so they, they were looking after our two other kids while, while me and Becky went to the hospital with Ethan well, we get down there, and we go to the, the emergency room. We walk in, and the nurse uh, takes us to this room, and she does some quick triage, and then she exits pretty quick, and which was a little unusual. Well, we found out pretty soon why she exited quick, because she, it, probably within just seconds of her exiting, um, there was a, just a rush of doctors and nurses and and medical professionals in the room, and they're ripping off Ethan's clothes, and they're 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 putting these oxygen masks on his face, and they're poking him with needles. All the while, Becky and I are just sitting there. I mean, we're uh, we're a mess, watching this with total shock, not knowing what in the world is going going on. Well, uh, not too long after that, th- they really didn't know what was going on. This was way up in northern Canada, and they made a decision. Okay, we need to fly him someplace where they can actually figure out what's happening here. So they got him on a Learjet, an air ambulance, and flew him all the way down to Vancouver Children's Hospital. And he was there for 10 days, and they made it really clear the whole time, hey, just so you know, we don't know if he's going to make it. We don't know. And that's a pretty scary place to be in as a parent. Well, we prayed and prayed and prayed, and we had our church praying, we had family praying, we had prayer chains praying. We we just went to town praying, and um, and he turned around, and he's— He's alive to this day. It was was a miracle. God healed him, and we were able to bring our little baby back home. It was a miracle. And then, of course, the Bible is is just filled with miracles. In fact, the the story of the world, this place that we called home, this planet, it actually begins with a miracle. God speaks, and the universe is born. Now, people who don't believe in God, they, they call it the, the Big Bang, but it wasn't a bang, although I suppose maybe there might have been some sort of bang to the moment, but it was God speaking into the natural, into whatever was happening, this order. He spoke into the, to everything, and an all-powerful God created everything out of nothing. Then you read just a little bit further in your Bible, and you have this guy Moses showing up. He's out in the, the, the wilderness, and all of a sudden he comes across this bush that is on fire— but it's not burning it's a miracle from the burning bush god says to moses i will raise my hand and strike the egyptian egyptians performing all kinds of what miracles among them and he does thousands of frogs bugs appear out of nowhere moses grabs a staff and he throws it down and it turns into a snake it's a miracle you keep reading this in, in the story, and next thing you know, and one of the, the greatest miracles ever recorded in, in, in history, God takes an entire sea, this red sea, and parts it down the middle, and makes this nice little walking path for His people to go through on dry ground. And then there's a story where there's this, this this is a miracle that not a lot of people even know about. It's just kind of tucked there in the Old Testament, where there's this group of guys. These dudes are all together, and they're out, they're, they're, they're building some kind of building, and they're out in the, the woods, and they've, they've got some trees that need to be chopped down, and so they've got their axes, and they're chopping down the trees, and as they're chopping down the trees, one of the guys' axe head goes flying off, and, and it lands in a body of water nearby. Now, if you've ever been out chopping wood with a group of people, and the axe head goes flying off, that's not a good thing. Don't invite that guy back to your axe chopping party, okay? Okay. <laughs> Just not good. Well, the axe head sinks, but pretty soon this prophet dude named Elisha shows up on the scene. And the Bible says Elisha cut a stick and threw it into the water at the spot where the axe head had sunk. Then the axe head floated to the surface. Grab it, Elisha said. And the man reached out and grabbed it. That's it. End of story. Back to chopping more wood. It's crazy. And then there's Samson. You know, this guy's, he's got long hair. It literally gives him superpowers like somebody off of an Avengers movie. It's miraculous. You know, the only only superpower of long hair in my home is clogging up all the drains in the house (laughs) so that I can work on my skills as a plumber, which are poor to say the least. This is just a small sampling of all the miracles of the Old Testament portion of the Bible alone. And then, we get to the New Testament and we, we, Jesus comes on the scene. And it's this explosion of the miraculous. You have people who can't walk, are suddenly able to walk. You have Jesus, that he's speaking to the wind and commanding it to be still, and it's still. Then you have Jesus walking on, on, on the water. He, he makes dead people come back to life. He sends hordes of demons off into pigs. He, he, He makes blind see. And the miracles don't stop when Jesus ascends up to heaven. Peter and John are at the temple one day when they come across the man whose disability makes it so that he can't walk. And they they offer him Jesus. And then the Bible says, Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. Then walking leaping and praising God, he went into the temple with them. Then there's the the time where two guys, Paul and Silas, they're in prison, and they're singing songs of worship and praise, and the Bible says suddenly there was a massive earthquake, and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the the doors immediately flew open, and the chains of every prisoner fell off. Another time, Paul had just survived a terrible shipwreck, and and he manages— after surviving the shipwreck, he manages to, to somehow get to shore. don't know if he hung on to some driftwood. I don't know, but he makes it to the shore. And while he's sitting around the fire, um, some friendly locals saw this, and they, they, they had a fire, and Paul's sitting there around the fire trying to get worn. And as he's sitting there, all of a sudden, a deadly snake sinks its fangs into his hand. And the Bible describes how Paul shook off the snake into the fire, and it was unharmed. The people waited for him to swell up or suddenly drop dead, but when they had waited a long time and saw that he wasn't harmed, they changed their minds and decided that he was a God. Just a bit of advice. If someone you're with gets bit by a deadly snake, don't just sit there and wait for them to die, okay? (laughs) Do something. Thankfully, in this case, they didn't need to do anything because God was at work. He was intervening in a miraculous way. And I don't know about you, but... I would love to see God work some miracles in our day, in our time, in our city. One of the biggest lies of the enemy is trying to convince the church that miracles aren't for today. You know, prior to the prior to the fifth century, so this is this is the, the church has been around for the, the birth of the church for, to that, up to that point. It's it had been around for four hundred years prior to the 5th century, there were no church leaders that believed miracles were done with the Bible. They just they didn't exist. But then seemingly out of nowhere, this, this new teaching began to form. And a teaching that that today is, is called cessationism. And it's a teaching that many people hold on to. In fact, probably the odds are, you know, CTK tends to be a church that's made up of all kinds of different denominational backgrounds. And the odds are, there might even be some of you that are are, are listening that you grew up in a cessationist uh, background, a cessationist church that taught that miracles are are no longer for today. and I won't get into all their, the, the arguments around cessationism but but one of the core beliefs is that miracles were only for the first century church. They're only used as this means to validate, the truth, to validate the gospel, and to to bring attention to who God was, and to kind of reinforce the work of the early church fathers. But it's almost like saying that stuff doesn't need to happen today. We need the the Holy Spirit to break into the world in a supernatural way today, like never before, and to say that we only needed that back then doesn't really make a, a, a lot of sense. We need God's deliverance. We need His protection. We need His freedom. We need His intervention more today than maybe ever. And the world believes only in the the material and and the natural. It believes only in the things that, that you can pick up with your five senses. If I can touch it, if I can taste it, if I can see it. But as we looked at last week, there is a whole lot more going on than meets the eye. You know, we believe by faith that yes, there's a seen world, the world that we can see, but we also believe that there's an unseen world that includes God and angels and demons and spiritual powers and forces, all that stuff. And a miracle is what happens when God interrupts the natural world so as to attract people's attention to himself. It's what happens when God steps in to the natural world the material world and he interrupts things. A miracle is outside the normality of nature. It's a floating axe head defying the laws of gravity. It's a healing power flowing through your body, stopping the natural, degenerative path of that deadly disease. It's a bush consumed with fire that would naturally be destroyed, somehow managing to stay green and vibrant. It's prison doors locked tight with bolts and chains coming free and open all on their own. Miracles defy the natural because God is not restricted by the natural order of things. He's just not. God is not restricted by the natural order of things. He's above the natural order of things. You and me, we are not. We are restricted by the natural order of things. It would be a bad idea for you today to go home, get up on the roof of your house, and go, I'm tired of the law of gravity. I'm done with it. I'm just going to start flying. It would also be a bad idea for you to go, I'm tired of driving across bridges. I just want to take my car and go cruising across the Nooksack River because I'm just tired of not being able to, have to follow the laws that make liquid, liquid, and I can't drive one. It's not going to work very well. No matter how much you dislike the laws of nature, you are restricted by them. You have to abide by them, or else you will get hurt. And God is not like that. He bends the laws of nature to His will. He bends the laws of nature to His will. If He wants to create a new universe out of nothing, He can, and He will. If He wants to walk on water he can, and he will. If he wants to raise himself from the dead, if he wants to make a wheelchair-bound person walk, if he wants to restore sight to the, the blind, he can, and he will. Listen, there is nothing that is too difficult for God to do. If you can believe in the first chapter of your Bible, come on, there's nothing that's impossible for God to do. If you can believe that out of his being, he can create galaxies and planets and stars and trees and whales. If you believe He can do that, there's nothing that is impossible for God to do. The Bible in Isaiah 40 describes how God, he, he sits above the circle of the earth. It goes on to say, look up into the heavens. Who created all the stars? He brings them out like an army, one after another, calling each by its name. Because of His great power and incomparable strength, Not a single one is missing. And this is a picture of the power of our God. His power is great. His strength is incomparable. God is not, he's not like a strong man who uses his strength just for himself. He's not like some strong guy working out in the gym that just does it because he likes the way he looks in the mirror. That's not God. God. God is one who loves to demonstrate that power On your behalf and my behalf. In fact, the Bible declares that the eyes of the Lord roam to and fro over all the earth, get this, to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are fully devoted to him. You see, when you believe in God, it not only means that miracles are possible, get this, it means that miracles are probable. It means they're probable. It means they are likely to happen in your life. You can expect them to happen. He has the ability to make them happen, and as we see in scripture, he has the desire to make them happen. The Bible says this, it says, "Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think." Did you catch that? He is able to accomplish infinitely more not just a little bit more the bible says he is able to accomplish infinitely more than all we could ask or think i mean just stop for a second and what does that look like for you god says i'm able to accomplish immeasurably more than, than all you could ever ask or think then it concludes saying glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever Would you like a miracle in your life? Just as we're wrapping up this morning, I just wondered. You don't have to say anything out loud, but are you here today and you need a miracle in your life? We believe in a God who created the universe. We believe in a God who makes sick people well. We believe in a God who can break through the hardest of hearts and bring deliverance bring freedom. We believe in a God who can take someone who's just stuck in addiction and God can come along and set them free. We believe in a God who is a God of the impossible. He can take a financial situation that that maybe you're in. Maybe you just need God to provide in a miraculous way, in a way that doesn't make sense. God can do it. God can do it. And as we wrap up this morning, I'm going to have Jessica come up and just give us a, a, a moment here just with God. I I believe that God wants to work a miracle in this in this place in your life. I believe God wants to work a miracle in this place. Does anybody believe that today? You're very quiet this morning. I don't know how to take that. God wants to work miracles. That is the kind of God that we have. And maybe right away this morning you're just like, well, I've been praying for a miracle and I've been praying for a miracle here and a miracle here and and it hasn't happened. Just because it hasn't happened doesn't mean that God does not work miracles. We don't know why He answers prayers sometimes and other times He doesn't, but don't let that stop you from keep asking God for a miracle. I'm in the same boat. I've asked God for miracles and God to do things and and work in in my life and other people's lives and he hasn't, I don't, and I don't know why. Maybe I'll, I'll never know the reason why until I get to heaven, but it can't stop you from going to your Father in heaven who loves you and cares about you, wants you to know life and life to the full, who's strong and mighty and wants him to show himself strong on your behalf. It can't stop you from going to him and asking him for a miracle. It just can't. God wants to work in your life. He wants to work in my life. And as we wrap up this morning, I actually want to just have a, a, a moment where we can pray. We're actually done very early today. Awesome. But if you're here this morning and you want prayer, I'm not, not going to do anything weird, but I would just love to have some of your, your neighbors in the room put a hand on your shoulder. If you're here and you need a miracle in your life, could you just put your hand up? And we're just going to have those around you put a hand on your shoulder. And, and I'm going to just pray this morning in faith and believe that God... Is going to work and move in your life today. And, and those that see the hand, if you could just begin to move out, put a hand on a shoulder. We need God to work miracles. Maybe it's uh, you've got a loved one who just does not know Jesus, and you've been praying and praying, and you need you need God to break in and do something supernatural. Maybe you need healing. We're going to pray and ask God today for a miracle. Heavenly Father, we bring all these different situations to you. I know for those that are watching online, there's there's probably people online that need a miracle as well. Heavenly Father, we lift these up to a God who is not weak. We lift these up to a God who is not distant and uncaring. But God, we lift these, these prayers up to the Lord God Almighty. The same God that spoke galaxies into being, the same God that was in that burning bush, the same God that parted the Red Sea, that caused that axe head to rise, that 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 set people free. We pray this morning to that God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who is alive, and God as we bring these different requests to you, God, we are just asking God, on behalf of our brothers and sisters, that Jesus, you would work miracles. God, do a miracle. God, for those who are here this morning, God, in need of a a healing touch in their body, God, we ask and pray that, God, you would bring healing to their body. God, for those who are, God, looking for a miracle, God, in a A family member's life or a friend's life God you know exactly what the miracle is and God we ask today boldly we come before your throne of grace and ask that you would work a miracle in that person's life God for those that need provision in some way God would you bring a miracle God into those lives God whatever it is God we thank you as we sing about today you are a way maker miracle working God work miracles today, we pray. And God, I pray for all of us that Jesus, Lord, I I don't know where where each one is at today when it comes to the power of God and miracles in our lives. God, whether we're expecting miracles or maybe we we just think that's a thing from the past that surely can't be for us in our day. But God, I pray for us as a church that God, our faith would arise, that God, we would see you for who you really are. And God, I pray, Jesus, that Lord, as we seek you and pursue you and, and believe in what the Bible says about you, God, I pray, God, that we would see miracle after miracle after miracle God, in our lives, in the in, in our church family, God, and in this city, God, may we see miracles happen. And God, we thank you and praise you for that. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Hey, why don't you all stand with me this morning? Thank you so much for praying for one another. Let's all stand together. But be, be people that are expecting expecting God to show up in your life. Don't just go through life expecting to make a paycheck and make some grades and all that kind of stuff in school. Be someone that goes through life expecting the supernatural to happen. Expect it. With God, miracles are not just possible. They are probable in your life. Amen. We're going to wrap up our time together by singing a song and just declaring the goodness and the holiness of God as we do. We're going to give you an opportunity to get back to God, tithes and offerings. So, our ushers are going to pass the bucket down the row. And uh, just have a blessed week and go expecting God to work in your life. God bless.